He's the unnamed servant, the unnamed servant. And he did his work so well, so prayerfully and carefully, that he had no doubt himself he's got the right person. He convinces Rebecca's parents and family that it's the will of God. And now he says to the family, it's time for me to go. I need to be finalizing this. And they said to him, well, let's take 10 days. And he says, I don't have 10 days. And you can see the urgency of the matter here. And then they agree to call Rebecca, and they ask her this question, wilt thou go with this man? Welcome to Let the Bible Speak, the radio broadcast of the Free Presbyterian Church. And today our message is on Isaac, a type of Christ, specifically finding a wife for Isaac. And here is the story of redemption in the book of Genesis, chapter 24. You have Abraham's servant. He is sent out to seek a wife for Isaac. And the Lord marvelously leads him to the well where Rebekah turns up. And we read here in Genesis 24:47, And I asked her and said, Whose daughter art thou? And he, she said, The daughter of Bethuel, Nahor's son, whom Milcah bare unto him. And I put the earring upon her face, and the bracelets upon her hands, and I bowed down my head. And worshipped the Lord, and blessed the Lord God of my master Abraham, which had led me in the right way to take my master's brother's daughter unto his son. And now, if ye will deal kindly and truly with my master, tell me, and if not, tell me, that I may turn to the right hand or to the left. Then Laban and Bethuel answered and said, The thing proceedeth from the Lord. We cannot speak unto thee, bad or good. Behold, Rebekah is before thee. Take her and go, and let her be thy master's son's wife, as the Lord hath spoken. And it came to pass that when Abram's servant heard these words, he worshipped the Lord, bowing himself to the earth. And the servant brought forth jewels of silver and jewels of gold and raiment, and gave them to Rebekah, and gave also to her brother and to her mother precious things. And they did eat and drink, and he and the men that were with him, and tarried all night. And they rose up in the morning, and he said, Send me away to my master. And her brother and her mother said, Let the damsel abide with us a few days, at least ten. After that she shall go." Well, we will leave our Bible reading there and turn to our pulpit ministry as we speak on Isaac, a type of Christ. And we saw how that played out. Then when you go uh, on down to verse 27, when he meets the family, and he said, Blessed be the Lord God of my master Abraham, who hath not left me destitute, who hath not left destitute my master of his mercy and his truth, I being in the way, the Lord led me. And here you can see the servant is like the ministry of the Spirit. 
that he is working God's will, God's plan, and he's in the very center of it. And this now becomes a ministry of assurance. This servant is assured himself. He knows without a shadow of doubt by this time that Rebecca is the girl. She's the one. And now his task is to convince her family. And this is exactly what he's doing. And did you know that is the office of the Holy Spirit? His ministry is to convince, to convict of sin, and to convince men and women that Christ is the Son of God. I hope tonight that you can say that you are a Christian and you have known the ministry of the Spirit convicting and convincing you, that you were brought to understand by grace and by the power of the truth that God sent His Son to save your soul. And the Lord Jesus, who died on that cross, He's the one, and it's the Spirit's work to bring that about in your heart. Now, how did this servant talk? Look at verse 35, and you will see how, yes, he talked of his master. He talked about Abraham, but he also talked about Isaac. And he said to the family here, he's now uh, meeting the family, and the Lord hath said my master greatly, blessed my master greatly, and he has become great, and he hath given him flocks and herds and silver and gold and men servants and maid servants and camels and asses. And Sarah, my master's wife, bare a son to my master when she was old. And unto him hath he given all that he hath. Do you see this amazing type? that just as Abraham had one son who was an heir, to whom were given all the riches of his estate, God gave to his son every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. There's one son, one heir, and the bride, the church, becomes a joint heir with Christ in the very sovereign plan of the gospel. So what does the servant do? He speaks so highly of his master and of Isaac. He presents to the family, to Rebecca, the riches of his master. And he presents to him the future that is ahead. And all of those things convinces and persuades and that is exactly the ministry of the Holy Spirit, to convince us of the Lord Jesus. In John's Gospel, chapter 13, right through to 16, you have that night when the Lord Jesus was betrayed by Judas, and when he opened up his heart to his disciples, and he promised them a comforter. I will not leave you comfortless, which means as orphans. I will not leave you without one to guide you and to direct you. I will send another unto you. And in John 15, 26, it says that he, when the Comforter is come, he will 
testify of me. Uh, that means to convince, to lead men, women to faith in the Lord Jesus. And that is the wonderful ministry of the Spirit of God. So he convicts, he converts, he convinces. Now I want you to see this servant's powers of persuasion. Let's jump down to verse 58. This is a long chapter, and there are many details, but uh, this we cannot miss. And it says the family, after they were totally convinced, and they said it, it is the Lord. The Lord's in this. And in verse 58, they, they called Rebekah and said unto her, Wilt thou go with this man? Now, the final proof of the success of the servant's assignment is that he brings back the wife. It's not that he gets an IOU or gets some letter from the father and he returns with an envelope. No, he wants a living young woman. And this is the test now. And so Eliezer did his—sorry, not Eliezer. Let, let's get that—erase that one. He's the unnamed servant, the unnamed servant. And he did his work so well— so prayerfully and carefully that he had no doubt himself he's got the right person. He convinces Rebecca's parents and family that it's the will of God. And now he says to the family, it's time for me to go. I need to be finalizing this. And they said to him, well, let's take 10 days. And he says, I don't have 10 days. And you can see the urgency of the matter here. And then they agree to call Rebecca, and they ask her this question, Wilt thou go with this man? You will see the power of persuasion in the fact that there was not a word, not a hint of hesitation. Immediately she responds, I will go. There is the power of the Holy Spirit working in your heart, and every convert is persuaded by the Spirit to leave the world, to leave the past, and be united to Christ as his bride. What a great picture, and what a necessary work it is that we are impressed, convinced, and brought willingly, gladly, to be united to our new husband, the Lord. I hope you can say tonight that your heart has been won. You have been convinced and moved to say, yes, I will go. Whatever it costs, whatever the sacrifice is, I will go. And off they set. And the work of the servant is almost done. It's almost done. And what a wonderful picture this is. And in verse 60, they blessed Rebekah and said unto her, Thou art our sister. Be thou the mother of thousands of millions, and let thy seed possess the gate of those that hate them. Do you see that her family entered into the hope of all this. Do you see that the servant did his work so well 
so prayerfully and carefully that not only they say, well, this is a, a good, happy arrangement for our daughter Rebecca, and we were wondering where she might find a husband. No, they entered into this wonderful hope that she would become the mother of thousands of millions. That was the covenant arrangement that God made with Abraham, that he would be father of nations by the power of the gospel through the seed of the Lord Jesus. So we can say that these people, Rebecca's family and Rebecca herself, saw the day of Christ. They saw the hope of God's plan of redemption in this union of Rebecca with Abraham, the man of God. I hope tonight that you have that hope in your heart. You see, the gospel is far bigger than us. It's far bigger than our little church here. It's far bigger than our denomination. The gospel is God's eternal program to build his church and call out a people, thousands of millions. Oh, what a manifestation of it we see today around the world as missionaries go with the gospel, as churches are built, and generation after generation the gospel expands. God is building his church today, and we enter into that hope. And whatever sacrifices you may make for Christ, whatever the cross you may be asked to carry, don't lose sight of the great hope. It will be worth it all. Now, as we come to the close here, and we need to look at in this type, this picture, the son receives his bride home. In verse 62, you have the situation in which the introductions are made. Isaac was out in the field by the well, Laharoi. It means the well of living. Now, it's significant when you study Isaac that he was by a well, because unlike his father, Abram, he was the man of altars. Isaac is the man associated with wells. And when you read the pages on Isaac, you will discover that he's associated with a good number of wells. And this well, Lahiroi, was in the south border, a very dry, arid place. It may well be the Negev Desert, which is one of the hottest places on earth. And to have a well there would be the only way of survival. So they were in an inhospitable land, but ministered to by a well. And isn't it nice to see how Rebecca is entering into a man who is associated with this well of living, with the well of living. Our Lord Jesus gives eternal life. He promised to the woman of Samaria water of which she would drink. She would never thirst again. She would never thirst again. And so Rebekah was to be united to this man, Isaac. In verse 63, I'm just going to point out a few things. I'm not going to preach all these. I'm just going to point out that it was Isaac who saw Rebekah coming first. He lifted up his eyes, and he saw the camels coming. He saw her first. We love our Lord Jesus tonight because he loved us first. He had his eye on us before we even knew our need of him. He saw her first. You'll notice in verse 65 that he went out to meet her. 
He didn't just stand still, passive as he was to this point. He was keen and yearning to meet his bride. I think of the prodigal father when the prodigal was returning home. He didn't stand still. He ran to meet the prodigal son. And this is the reception that we can be assured of, that when we come and toward and seek the Lord, he will be firstly seeking us. That's how we find it. Also in verse 66, that he received her with full knowledge. It says here that the servant told Isaac all things that he had done. There are no secrets between the persons of the Trinity. There are no secrets between the Holy Spirit, the Lord Jesus, and the Father. There is full information, transparency, and Isaac knew the girl he was to receive. You'll notice also that he received her without question or any reservation. It says in verse 67, and Isaac brought her into his mother's tent. No reservation, no questioning. We're not even sure of any betrothal or any formality here, but he brought his new bride into his mother's apartment. This is probably three years after Sarah's death. I've done a bit of math on that one. With some of these numbers, you have to give and take, but a fair bit of time has passed since his mother's death. And it's amazing in the Scriptures how Sarah, the link of Sarah to Rebekah, is brought together in this way in the close of the chapter. Because Sarah was to be the, the mother of multitudes, and now Rebekah is to be the mother of thousands of millions. And she is received now with full position as his wife. One little point, and it says in verse 67, and took Rebekah, and she became his wife, and he loved her. Sometimes, maybe due to the present horrible things we hear about in the Arabic world, in the life of the nomads and pilgrims uh, that still abound in the Middle East, and with the horrible attitudes of ISIL and radical Muslims, we have in the West a, a huge picture of brutality of men against women. I want you to see there's none of it here. Indeed, we would say that this Isaac was a gentleman. He was very attached to his mother. He greatly grieved at her passing. And when he received his new wife, he received her with love. He loved her. And the Bible is clearly pointing this out. I'm not sure if you know, but if you read the passage, you will see that when the family agreed to the servant that Rebekah should go to Isaac, she had say in the arrangement. They asked her, wilt thou go? They didn't just say to Rebekah, you go. We're arranging this. We're taking the dowry. We're working this out as a business plan. No, it was to be her own will and desire, and it was based on love. And Isaac displayed that. 
And so what we have today in the Muslim world, and I can't speak generally in every case, but we read reports of cases which are brutal and harsh and cruel. They didn't get it in the Bible. They did not get it in the Hebrew Bible. They did not get it in the Old Testament scriptures. Isaac displays great love and affection. And as a type of Christ, when you come as a sinner to Jesus, what happens? He loves you. He receives you with love. He doesn't beat you over the head. He doesn't shackle you into bondage. Some people have the idea is that if they come and lay their life at the feet of Jesus, it'll be a life of bondage. No, it's a life of liberty and love. It is the greatest spiritual freedom that is possible on earth. If you're not saved tonight, if you've never come to Christ to lay your life as the bride to the groom, come tonight. This Lord Jesus will receive you. He will not push you away. He will not receive you on harsh terms. He will love your soul because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Grace is good, it is kind, it is gentle, and it brings glory to the Father. And how wonderful to be the bride of Christ. And for us tonight, it's not over. The marriage is only beginning. We're invited to that heavenly marriage at the Supper of the Lamb all preparation is made for us. So enter in and enter in with joy. I would love to tell you what I think of Jesus Since I found in him a friend so strong and true I would tell you how he changed my life completely he did something that no other friend could do. No one ever cared for me like Jesus. There's no other friend so kind as he. No one else could take the sin and darkness from me. Oh, how much he cared for me. All my life was full of sin when Jesus found me. All my heart was full of misery and woe. Jesus placed his strong and loving arms about me and he led me in the way I ought to go every day he comes to me with new assurance more and more I understand his words of love but I'll never know just why he came to save me 
Till someday I see his blessed face above No one ever cared for me Like Jesus There's no other friend so kind as he No one else could take the sin and the darkness from me Oh, how much he listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio broadcast of our free Presbyterian Church. And here is a little miracle to study. Trees, which in winter looked like posts against a vacant sky, are now arrayed in loveliness, they mutely testify. To resurrection glory, God whispered time now to wake, and sleepy nature heard his voice and felt his power to make. A world of emerald beauty from the drab of bush and tree. Each passing year, spring seems more like a miracle to me. And here's a lovely story by John Hall. I stood one evening watching the pure white flowers of a vine encircling the veranda. I had been told that the buds that hung with closed petals all day, every evening near sunset, unfolded and sent out a peculiar fragrance. The miracle was more than I had anticipated. A feeling of silent awe possessed me as I saw bud after bud, as if under the touch of an invisible hand, slowly fold back into leaves until the vine was filled with perfect blossoms, most beautiful and sweet. I said, if the finger of God laid upon these his flowers can do this in a way beyond the power of human study to explain, cannot the same divine touch in ways we know not of do as much for human hearts? All the touch of the Savior's Power. Let us not doubt what the Lord can do in the hearts of men and women to change them from adamant stone to tenderness to the things of the gospel. Let us keep on praying for our sovereign almighty Lord to just grant his touch to that soul that needs to be saved. Yes, his gentle touch can do more than all our labors and efforts. Keep on praying, my friend. May the Lord use your witness, your witness, and your testimony to bring precious souls to trust in the Lord Jesus. You are listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio broadcast of the Free Presbyterian Church in Canada. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. If you missed part of today's program or would like to hear it again, you can find it archived by program date on our website. Just go to www.lt. 
tbs.ca, CA for Canada. There you can read my blog, find my Bible study notes, audio and video sermons, as well as helpful articles. Or you can go to our podcast on iTunes. We're on the air Sundays at 9.30 a.m. for our full church broadcast, and Monday to Friday, 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. on this station to bring you the gospel from our free Presbyterian church here in Cloverdale. We also invite you to our church services on Sundays, 10.30 and 6 p.m. Through our website, you can listen and view to our online services at 10.30 and 6 p.m. Make it your Sunday worship. Click on the Live Now button on the homepage of our website. Or if you would like to talk with me one-on-one as a pastor, please give me a call. The phone number is 604-897-2040. The mailing address is 187 9058 Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3S1M6. We're located just two blocks north of Number 10 Highway on 188th Street. Our website again is ltbs.ca. You can join us Monday to Friday, 5 a.m., 5 p.m., here on this station as we let the Bible speak. Music